0: This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Okay, so I have my keys. going to put them in the ignition. I actually should have waited to start the car because I don't have my seatbelt on yet, but I'm going to put that on now. Bluetooth. i got the radio turned off as it's trying to connect to my Bluetooth device. And I am ready to go to see a movie. I got my popcorn bucket, and uh, yeah, so this is not a special release of an old classic movie. No, no, no. This is the real deal. I'm seeing a weekend of release movie right now. It's not Bill and Ted. It's New Mutants, and welcome to the road trip. Hello, this is me, Ben, interrupting the opening credits because uh, this whole episode is just kind of messed up. Uh, Here's what happened. The recording setup that I was using to record solo road trips last week for or last episode for the Empire Strikes Back was the first time I ever tried it. I didn't know how bad it sounded. But then when I recorded for the trip to go and see the new mutants, it was even worse. Uh, fortunately the trip home wasn't as bad. And so I, that was salvageable, but the trip to go see the movie was awful. And so I'm just cutting out the trip to go see the movie. All you missed out on was obviously, uh um, me talking about what I expected from the movie, which was, I expected it to be, um, kind of a teenager horror movie. Um, I talked about why new mutants is, A really good uh, example of Hollywood in 2020, Uh, but not just because of 2020, but because of just what Hollywood is right now, where it's, you know, there's so many things involved in this movie as far as the Disney buyout of Fox and the end of the X-Men franchise and reshoots and rescheduling and then the whole thing with the theater shutdowns and uh, so there's just a lot of stuff just rolled into one for this this movie. Uh, I also talked about stopping at Walmart along the way, and it's actually two recordings. Uh, I stopped at Walmart along the way to try and see if I could trade in the clamshell for the Mummy movie that I bought. Uh, if you listened to the things we uh, experience during the pandemic, I talked about how I bought the mummy with Tom Cruise and, and wasn't able to watch it because when I opened it up, there was nothing there. And so that's that's also a part of the road trip to go and see this movie. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's there's obviously a lot of stuff that I talked about. Some of it was actually probably pretty interesting, but most of it was garbled and there was some weird audio issues that I'm not even sure quite how that specific audio issue was caused by the microphone that I was using. So anyway, um, this is the second of three solo road trips that I'm taking, and I, um, after this one, decided it was going to be a trilogy, and so the next one is going to be bill and ted's excellent adventure not excellent adventure bill and ted face the music because i did find a way to go and see that in the theater and as long as it works out um it's at a theater i've never been to before so anyway this is the second part of a three-part trilogy three movies in a row that i get to go see in the theater actually at three different theaters, assuming it works out for me to go to this other one. Um, but I'm pretty sure it will. And that's why I'm having faith to go ahead and call this a trilogy. Um, if it doesn't work for me to go and see it in that theater, maybe I'll have to rent it. But I really don't want to spend that $25. Uh, but anyway, um, I wasn't expecting it to be a trilogy until after I recorded this. Um... But before I posted the Empire Strikes Back, because I was able to do that artwork uh, and the episode titling. So anyway, it, this is how it worked out, and I'm really glad that it did. So uh, in a moment, I'm going to play a sounder, and then it will be the parking lot discussion, spoiler free, about New Mutants. And then I'll play the spoiler organ, and it'll be the drive home talking about new mutants so yeah i didn't want this to be one of those things where first of all i didn't want to be one of these things where uh, i call it a trilogy and then it i only have two parts and that would have been bad so that's why i'm going ahead and just posting half the episode but also i didn't want it to become a lost episode although i guess if i called it a lost episode and released it you know in a month or two or three or in a year um it would be forgivable to have all of the audio issues, but as it is, I do apologize for the audio issues. Um, I am working out other ways to record solo. Uh, Indiana is a no phone while driving at all period. And so I just hit record and then set it down and then I start driving. And so I do not touch the phone uh, at all until I get to my destination. It's easier when I have Evan with me or someone else with me because we can pass that microphone and and I don't have to touch anything still. Um, but I'm working on a better way, better ways possibly to do the solo thing. I'm also trying to find a better way to do the the dual thing where you know Evan doesn't have to hold the microphone the entire trip. But uh, yeah, that's probably a little bit more more information than you need right now because you know you're not here to hear me talk about the technical stuff although may, maybe it's interesting to you uh but let's get to the movie shall we and so yes you did miss out on all the stuff driving there about expectations but let's be honest the best stuff for these episodes is the drive home so that's what i'm going to cut to right about now <laughs> Okay, so the proper way for me to do this is, uh, you know, we would sit in the the movie theater parking lot to talk about, uh, the non-spoiler reaction. And the non-spoiler reaction is this was a, uh, solid three star movie, three and a half star movie, maybe, um, this is a movie that i was very much reminded of firestarter and of the uh, institute to stephen king novels about kids with powers and this is very much one of a kind with that but um yeah yeah uh things to be aware of especially as you're thinking about taking kids or as uh, you're thinking about going yourself um there's there's some sexuality in this. It's not uh, graphic, but there is um, there's a relationship in this movie between Danny and Rain, uh, two female characters. Uh, in fact, this movie could almost be said to be about their relationship. Um, this uh, Danny is the primary character, and the movie is following her for sure. But uh, it it becomes about their relationship. It, it really becomes about this relationship of five kids, but. Uh, yeah yeah Uh, as far as how it rounds off the x-men franchise well we'll talk about that in the spoiler section because in some ways i was a little confused about when this takes place especially thinking that this is supposed to come out before dark phoenix and the way that they talk about um and they do mention the x-men specifically they they call out um not by name but professor x um but as they're as they're doing that it did make me wonder about the where does this land in the time frame um when i was talking about uh this and deadpool kind of being um these arms of the x-men franchise i forgot about logan being uh, another one that was just kind of its own thing stylistically and breaking away from this uh the big superhero movie style and uh yeah, yeah. So is it a fitting conclusion? In some ways, very much so, but not in the way where you would say, "Oh, this is a great, you know, X-Men X-Men's own endgame, you know, or something like that," which Dark Phoenix intended to be. But uh that's the spoiler-free moment. I'm going to go ahead and and we're going to start the van in post-production, I'm going to add a spoiler organ. And on the drive home, there will be spoilers. Um, there was not many people here at the theater. It's Thursday night, you know. No surprise there. But uh, there was, I think, 10 people in the actual theater with me. Uh, when I drove in, I forgot to mention there's maybe 20, 20 cars in the parking lot. But, um, yeah, there was definitely uh, a chilled thursday night not special movie night um vibe going on so yeah but that's my spoiler free you know it's not very uh, let me get a couple more details here it wasn't very scary it definitely wasn't very scary um there weren't even really any jump scares this is meant to be a character piece i think this is you know the group of characters who are going through psychological trauma and then um The psychological trauma takes place in a superhero universe (laughs) that brings with it uh, supernatural uh, elements. And yeah, so I mean, I'm not going to highly recommend this. I'm not going to poorly recommend this. I'm not going to say really. This is a very. I'm not going to say it's unmemorable because there was. There was some value in the, the style and it's not a terrible movie, but also not a great one. Uh, did I have a fun escaping a little bit? A little bit, a little bit. But then I also found myself coming out of the movie because there were some um, jump cuts and then there was some thematic things that I would have done very, very differently. And we'll get into that in the spoiler section, but but overall you know the ticket cost me 250 so was it 250 well spent if i had paid 299 on you know as a prime rental for this yeah i wouldn't have felt bad now if i had paid 25 for a weekend of release streaming thing like they're doing with uh, bill and ted face the music eh, i would have had a little bit more trouble unless i had some friends who were watching the movie with me and chipping in so all right Let's play that spoiler organ. Spoilers. 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 And let's get on our way. Where my lapel mic? And that's a not sure how well it's picking me up. I used it for Empire Strikes Back, but I haven't even gotten around yet to uh, messing with it. As I'm driving out, I will mention that I'm passing the ABC 57 News car, the ABC 57 News Reporter, which is it's a 15 minute news program. Maybe it's a half hour now, I'm not sure. But um, she's just kind of standing there, looking at her uh, camera, waiting for time to go live to talk about how theaters are opening. Um, but uh, right now the theater is not open because all the movies have uh, they're done but anyway let's talk some spoilers about this thing Um, this movie is it a good send-off to the x-men universe I am going to say yes it's a good send-off in the sense that you have a bunch of teenage characters walking off into the sunset and walking off into who knows what. Uh, the way that they placed this movie though, um, there were things from the first trailer that were not in this movie, and there were things that I was wondering if they added in later on. And there was some footage that they showed in a vision. And when I saw that footage, I thought that looks familiar. I think I've seen that before. And. It felt like the Logan stuff from the, the Logan uh, kids that were mutants that were being kind of corralled and, and, you know, experimented on or whatever. And, and so that's, I was just wondering, is that, is that what it is? And sure enough, at the end, they actually had a credit for footage from um, Logan and, they have another credit for footage from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You could tell uh, they used Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, a couple times. That was a nice little minor detail that you see them watching that show, and both of the scenes that they used were trying to um, like tie into what was actually happening on screen with the the characters who are you know in this movie. But one of the details I noticed was they actually had season box sets of Buffy the Empire Slayer DVDs uh, which suggests to me that they weren't allowed to like watch any outside news or outside television programming it was um, they only allowed this pre-recorded stuff Um, now yeah which you have this institute that they're put in supposedly a hospital Uh, the idea is get control of your powers maybe you can go home or maybe you can join the x-men And that's kind of something that the kids themselves kind of dreamed up. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing this program. And it turns out that it's the Essex Corporation, which I really need to look up the Essex Corporation, but I think that the Essex Corporation is meant to be Mr. Sinister. I'm trying to remember from my knowledge of uh, comic books, but I'm pretty sure that's Mr. Sinister is somehow uh, related to the Essex Corporation. Which was also in a post-credit, maybe for, oh, which X-Men movie would that have been? There was a post-credit, though, where they were coming and cleaning up after um, Wolverine, who had gone to back to the base where they had done their experiments on him, and... Um, and I remember the post-credit for that was uh, them cleaning up and having vacuum cleaners. And so our post-credit for Welcome to Level 7 was just some uh, vacuum cleaner um, for that movie. But anyway, uh, yeah, so how does this work as a ending, though? And, and that's where, as I was trying to th- figure out where does this land in the timeline of the X-Men universe feels like it's in the present day. People have touch screen phones, but there's not much current technology. It all takes place in this rundown, dilapidated hospital that has a computer system that feels very like old school technology being used to communicate with newer technology outside of the facility. And, and this is another one where it kind of feels in, in some ways like that Stephen King sci-fi uh, horror that he does in, in Firestarter and in The Institute, where in The Institute is, again, also this kind of just old, dilapidated program that's just kind of going and, and just continuing on its own steam. Um, the metaphor they use is, I think, a, a rocket that has spent all its fuel, but it's still moving forward in space. And and that's kind of what it feels like here a little bit is that this is kind of at the end of something, uh, the Essex Corporation is is not at its at the height of its of its power, and so that makes me wonder: did all of this take place after all of the stuff that happens in Logan? Meaning, this would possibly be. I mean, she has a vision of something from before. Like when people were in that hospital, they didn't leave this hospital to go to be part of the X-Men. They left this hospital to go to where these kids are being experimented on and being turned into assassins. And that actually is what the the whole point of this uh, facility is, is to turn them into assassins. And and so as you're watching, they're figuring this all out, but that vision she has is from something from the past, so Logan is in the past of this movie, is... yeah Okay, so... That's what makes this a fitting end for the X-Men movies because the X-Men movies just kind of sputtered out. The X-Men movies, in a lot of ways, this movie itself, kind of going back to Stephen King's metaphor, uh, this is a rocket that spent its fuel but is still moving forward. Uh, Dark Phoenix had to change its ending but i mean dark phoenix was released after the disney merger and the the box office money from that movie was going into disney's coffers and the same for this one and i just feel like watching this you know they're in this old rundown out of date place and, and then they're just gonna they, they kind of walk off into the, the sunset at the end and, and to me this just feels like um, or they, I should not say they walk off they they're limping off they just got done with this battle and that's kind of what happened with the X-men the x-men franchise just kind of limps off into the sunset and it finishes doesn't finish strong it ends with a whimper but it ends between dark Phoenix and this. You just get the sense of, okay, this franchise is done. But with Dark Phoenix, you get that little bit with Charles and Magneto at the very end. With this, you get the sense that this world still is moving. And there's a bigger world beyond the X-Men themselves. And and this is very much a part of that. You know, they, they talk about, do you know what mutants are? And blah, blah, blah. And when she says, do you know what mutants are? the, the, the One girl's like... Danny is just, well, yeah, and, and just acknowledges she knows, and, and it's almost like, why would you even ask me that question? Clearly, m- mutants are a thing, and I know what they are. So, yeah. That's how it works as a fitting end in some ways. Um, beyond that, uh, you know, there's, there's things that I would have done differently. I feel like... I, there is talent behind the camera, for sure. And there's talent in front of the camera as well. Um, some of the accent stuff that was going on were, were with uh, uh, Sam uh, Cannonball um, and, and Ileana, eh, a little grating. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm... Was it okay? Sure sure it was it was fine and and uh had it not i mean had it not been x-men or new mutants would i have still liked seeing it yeah you know if it just been generic new superheroes that aren't being produced by fox it wouldn't have looked as good um but it was uh not quite a locked room setting but yeah small setting and the budget of this thing i'm not sure how big it would have been but um know they didn't have to spend a lot on big sets and stuff like that they did have a big climax that looked great and you know there was stuff that i had seen in the trailers that i didn't see here but you know there was reshoots and re-edits and and all that kind of thing Um, lockheed was a lot of fun i mean it felt like even though it's not like exactly what new mutants would have been like it it did feel like this this was the x-men universe kind of thing and this this was X-Men universe kind of thing that would fit into the x-men movie universe but it was also an x-men universe kind of thing that would fit into the comic universe and the new mutants um if you've heard of talk about the new mutants on uh strangers and aliens then you would know steve loves the new mutants it was something that he grew up reading and I read almost the entire run, if not the entire run, of The New Mutants. Uh, this was something that my roommate had in college, uh, my second semester of freshman year. Second semester of freshman year, I actually moved out of my room unofficially up into room 302 in Oakwood. And in room 302 of Oakwood were my roommates uh, Brad and Dave, but their roommate Josh had moved out. And so... I hung out with Brad and Dave a lot, and so I ended up just moving up into their room. All my stuff was down on floor two. I can't remember what number the the dorm was. Uh, The reason I don't remember room 302 of Oakwood is because I was actually in that room um, three of my four years. Uh, And so my senior year, I wasn't in that room for first semester, but I was for second semester and all my junior year all my sophomore year and then the second semester my freshman year so the roommate that i abandoned down on the second floor um whenever i was you know just going to go somewhere and and uh you know if, if the guys weren't in room 302 um i would go down to my room on the second floor that's where i kept my my stuff to go and change my clothes and you know all that kind of thing well he had a comic book collection and part of that comic book collection was guardians of the galaxy actually he had a uh, pretty good run of that and i read that and then he had the new mutants and i read that and most of what i remember from that is um I mean, the artwork i remember the artwork and i remember the uh oh what's the name of the I can't remember the name of the the, the alien character that was just kind of so weird warlock that was it and uh That character, I remember the character. I remember the costumes. I do not remember much of the storylines though. And the Demon Bear storyline, I don't remember at all. Um, I know I read it, but I don't remember it. Now, again, this is 1993 that I was reading this. So we are talking 27 years ago that it's been since I read the entire run of the New Mutants. And basically I binged it, you know, I would just go. And he said I could. Uh, he also had uh, some Aliens and Predators comics and uh, so I, I read some of those too and uh, but and I actually remember that more than I do the New mutant storyline stuff but um, anyway uh, I do remember it being just this kind of, and they use it in this movie, but this is the setup of they're in the, this New Mutants they are X-Men but they're X-Men in training and they're not quite ready for prime time so to speak and that's kind of the the story that they have been given and that they have come to believe is that they are new mutants and they will be eventually able to move to, uh, her superior. And there's a moment when, like I said, they, they call out professor Xavier, but they don't call on my name. But, uh, Roberto is sitting in a wheelchair playing around as teenagers do when wheelchairs are there. Um, and they ask well who do you think your superior is and in the wheelchair as he's moving the chair slightly he puts his fingers to his temple and says well who do you think and obviously he's referring to professor x and so yes definitely this is you know we're not gonna play is it mcu although they could have possibly with some slight tweaks set this in the marvel cinematic universe but uh it definitely is part of that X-Men cinematic universe. But, you know, some of the things that I would have changed though, one of the, oh, one of the things that just irritated me was at the beginning, they have this voiceover narration saying, my dad tells me the story of the two bears in your soul. One is evil and one is good. And they fight, they're fighting for your soul. And the question was, which one's going to win? And the answer is whichever one you feed. And that, bug the poop out of me at first because like no it's wolves it's two wolves and then i remembered oh okay it's the demon bear story and so okay but then later on she has this bear necklace and she says yeah my dad said that when we're born we have a bear inside of us and he gave me this necklace to remind me how small that bear is bear singular not two bears you know, and so her dad tells her the story of the two bears. And then her dad tells her the story of the one bear when he gives her the necklace, and it just it doesn't fit. That whole narration at the beginning was not needed. I think it was there to feel a little bit pretentious. I'm not sure though, um, because then the end they have the narration again and they talk about the double bear thing again, and I'm just thinking, wait a minute, no, no, uh, it's wolves and you. You already talked about how your dad gave you this necklace to remind you how small this bear is that's in you. Now, they call it out when she says, you know, my dad used to tell me this when I was thinking about fear. And they're like, that's what your dad told you to help you feel better about your fears, is that you have a bear inside you. (laughs) And, um, And then when everyone's fears are coming to light and given life, her fear is a bear. Like, her, did her dad plant that fear within her when he told her stories when she was really little? and Did her dad like? And the whole thing is the the setup at the beginning of this is that uh, a bear kills everyone in her. I, I I'm not sure if it was everyone in her town or everyone in her tribe. Um, you know and it might mean the same thing and as whatever her lit, living situation was but uh, basically everyone she knew and loved was killed by this bear that she brought to life with her mutant power that came from her fear which was planted there by the story that her dad told her about her having a bear inside of her and for her to never forget how small that bear started. Because everyone has a bear inside of them when they're born, and it gets bigger as you get older. And it just brings up some questions. Now, the whole setup of everyone's fears coming to life and they're in this trapped area, This, uh, they can't get out of the building. Um, and even if they could get out of the building, they can't get out of this force field dome And, you know, that that whole thing, the fears coming to life, some of those were really effective. The battle with the bear at the very end was very effective. Lockheed being brought to life, um, that was really neat. And I love that the dragon itself wasn't huge when Lockheed was a dragon. It was just that small kind of baby dragon like the comics from, I'm not sure if the dragon's older and bigger now, but the comics I remember from the 80s. But, uh, so there's, you know, some fun things seeing get things that had been brought to life in the X Men universe yet. Yeah, it's fun seeing some of those things get brought to life. Um, thematically, you know, it, it all kind of becomes about, um, there's definitely an element of youth versus, uh, adults. And clearly, this, this movie was made for teenagers, about teenagers, um, and, you know, about the feelings that you feel as a teenager when you're just trying to figure out who you are and and where you fit in. And, you know, there's one point where Sam is, like, trying to explain how he feels and um, he kind of gets started with it, but then uh, Dr. Reyes doesn't catch on at all. And so he's just, you're not even listening to me. And I, I, there's two parts for me now where i remember feeling that way as a as a young man and honestly sometimes now um but then also being told that by my teenagers and um yeah so i'm trying to think what else there's to talk about about this movie um oh some of the things uh, other things i would change um it's just some of the, the thematic stuff that they're trying to bring up of her hiding from her fears and her, um, hiding from who she is. And, and I wish that it was just some of the editing with that, where, um, there's that tree where she hides at the beginning. I, I feel like she should have had been in that tree at the end a lot sooner. And, and that this should have been more about, um, less about waking her up and more about pulling her out from that spot. Um, but, but they did get there, you know, so they did that. Uh, finally, let's see. Oh, there's just some uh, jump cuts, and those kind of took me out of the movie. Where oh, but that person wasn't standing there, or that person wasn't, you know, at that angle or, or whatever. And that's nitpicky stuff that just kind of took me out of the movie. But, yeah, I think I'm going to go with a three... Three out of five, maybe. Not terrible. Not great. Nothing that I'm going to get excited about. And I'm curious how many other people are going to get excited about. But I do think there might be some people who discover this movie as a, uh, you know, that X-Men cap. uh, Might discover it in streaming. If it gets in the right place. I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating Hulu for it. Although there are some X-Men stuff on Disney Plus now. so All right, well, that is the drive home, and that is New Mutants, and that is all. So I want to thank you so much for listening, spending time with me, talking about this movie, and just spending time with me in my car. You know, we talk about how, and I've had some listeners talk to me about how it's kind of nice getting to, to listen to the talk and it's like we're in your car as you're driving because we're talking about the movie. But in some ways, especially when I'm driving alone, it's like you're in my car and I get to talk with you about these things. Uh, I talked about how this idea of doing the road trip actually came from an idea of uh, another podcast I wanted to do. and This is years ago but that podcast being uh, called something like the drive home or something like that. And uh, I just rolled that into strangers and aliens and it became this, the road trip kind of series. But it's that idea of the conversation that you have about the movie after it's done on the way home is it's, it's a fun conversation. And I think there actually is a podcast out there. I think I did look into then see if I can do the podcast by that name. I, I do think there is a podcast out there called, the ride home but anyway um thank you for spending time with me and thank you for riding with me in the car where i was able to talk with you about this movie whether you saw this movie with me or not uh or whether you even saw the movie or not it's been fun riding with you being able to talk with you uh yeah it's always different when it's just me instead of me and evan or me evan and, and the kids um it's it's definitely different and and probably better all right i i'll, I'll, I'll i'll admit yeah probably is better to actually have a conversation where there's two people in the conversation right um but it's still fun to do this it's still fun to have you with me and i will uh talk with you later hopefully we'll find another movie Tenet looked good saw another trailer for that I uh, wish i hadn't seen that trailer um because it explained some things that i think i would have enjoyed more to see it in a in the movie um, not sure what else is going to be in theaters in the near future, uh, but things are definitely opening up, and I think that probably see more crowds for Black Widow. Than Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you later. Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Lethel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at Alien. Or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers and aliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens Hotline. That number is 1 804 And once again, thanks for listening. bugged the poop out of me.